First up tonight, though, let's talk about that game called Diplomacy and a strange incident if you've been to these meetings, as I have, where very little of great fascination goes on. It's all really just for show. But at the G20 today in Bali, China's President Xi Jinping called Prime Minister Trudeau over to him and uh, laid into him, to put it mildly. Uh, really, what he appears to have been angry about was that the details of a conversation they'd had on Tuesday had been shared with the media. Um, through a translator, the Chinese president told Trudeau, everything we discussed has been leaked to the paper. That's not appropriate. Here's what she had to say. Everything we discussed has been leaked to the paper. That's not that is not the way the conversation was conducted. If it's any solace, the Global Times, which is sort of the mouthpiece of the Communist Party in English in China, has published an article about what was said um, in that conversation. It's much less, uh, it's certainly much less glory, glorious to Canada than, uh, than our version of it was. Um, Trudeau did respond in that conversation, all caught by a pool camera. The pool camera is essentially the one camera that follows a leader around when they're in these kinds of things. You can't have five or six cameras trailing after every leader. It would be chaos. So there's just one. And it happened to catch this conversation because it happened in a public area. It happened where the leaders were gathered as this uh, G20 was wrapping up. So Trudeau responded by saying, we believe in free and open and frank dialogue. And that is what will continue. Here's a bit of what he had to say. If in there Canada, is sincerity on your part, free and open and frank dialogue, and that is what we will continue to have, we will continue to look to work constructively together, but there will be things we will disagree on, and we will have Let's create the conditions first. Let's create the conditions first. So, um, to put this into context, Canada had been left off the dance card here by China. We didn't have an official meeting with Xi Jinping. Others did, uh, President Biden uh, most notably. Uh, but that was a pretty strange event. I, you know, I've been to a lot of these, and that's just something you never see happen. So what to make of it, right? What to make of it? What exactly is going on? One of the most powerful leaders in the world dressing down a fellow leader, uh, someone who is you know, the prime minister of a G7 nation. Uh, personal opinion here, I don't think Justin Trudeau did anything wrong. He would be expected to share the contents of any conversation he had with Xi Jinping. It would have been self-serving. He talked about bringing up uh, interference in elections. He, pro- he brought up North Korea. He brought up a few different um, items that were of Canadian interest. Clearly, Xi Jinping was not happy about this, but it was the tone that was odd. Don't forget, in this conversation, if you're cheering for Xi Jinping here, you have a problem. You have a problem. You may not like Justin Trudeau, but if you're cheering for a Chinese dictator, uh, dressing down a Canadian prime minister for any reason, you have a problem. Anyway, we thought we'd try and figure out exactly what was said and what went on. So we reached out to someone who could uh, who speaks Mandarin, who also knows this subject very well, and that's Scott Simon. He's a senior fellow with the McDonald Laurier Institute and a professor of anthropology and sociology at the University of Ottawa. Thanks for your time. Yep, thank you very much for inviting me. Well, this one's been talked about a lot. It is a very rare sight at one of these major meetings, specifically for a Chinese leader to bring someone aside and uh, scold them, essentially. You speak Mandarin. What did you make of the tone? What was she? What was she's tone in there? Was it angry? Was it dismissive? 
Well, I, I I think that the tone of that of the of the Chinese was very much like a, a superior addressing an inferior. So it was, it was like a, a teacher speaking to a student about something they were not happy about. Yeah, and and that's not often how world leaders speak to each other, is it? No, it's not, and that's that's why I, I'm not convinced that it was intentional. I think that. He was looking for a moment to speak privately with him, and that was probably as private of a moment as he could get. And so that's that's what happened. I I don't think that they were planning on videotaping that. Yeah, I mean, he would have known perhaps that uh, the Canadian Prime Minister in one of those events, specifically in a public forum mm-hmm. like the closing, mm-hmm. would have a pool camera with him at some yeah. point. But you're right. So I'm trying to parse exactly what he said. He certainly felt that the fact that uh, the information had been shared was inappropriate. But he also suggested at one point that that's not what we talked about. And I was wondering what you made of that. Okay, well, I I think that there was some disagreement, I think, about how to summarize what had come up in the meeting that they had. But most of all, I think that he was disappointed that the prime minister had revealed contents of the discussion to the media in what was expected to be an entirely private and confidential discussion. Yeah, I guess because in this case, Canada was not on Xi's diplomatic dance card at the G20. We were not invited for a formal meeting, as others were, like the French president mm-hmm. and President Biden, uh, yeah. the Australian prime minister, and so forth. So I guess this was a difference a difference of expectations, perhaps. Yeah, I think it was. I think that she, in many ways, was pointing out diplomatic protocol to, to him and saying that he should keep confidential what happened in that meeting. This was not like the Xi-Biden meeting in which they actually had a readout of the of the meeting that was approved by both sides. So this is very different. Often, if the prime minister is to meet with uh, the Chinese president, for instance, there is an expectation amongst the Canadian media particularly, but I think Canadians in general, that what was talked about will be shared to some extent. We want to yeah. know what he said. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things going on in this country right now that have uh, a China focus to them. We want to know what the president of China said to our prime minister. We want to know what he said to him. Yeah. So did, did you see it as a, as, a, as a break in protocol or was this just expectations that were different? I think that the, the expectations were, were very different. And so from Xi's perspective, it was a break in the protocol. It's very clear that that's how he imagined it to be. I, you know, he told the prime minister that, you know, it's a question of trust. And he told them that if we can trust one another, then there are lots of things we can talk about. But if not, well, it's difficult to say. And so that was the last sentence that he said that was not translated when he said it's difficult to say. Yeah, tell me about that one, because that was, was sort of left hanging out there. Um, and that sounds ominous. It does sound ominous. I, I, I watched it several times to try to figure that out. And Trudeau didn't wait for the translation to come. He instantly went into his, his spiel that he wanted to give. But it does sound as if she is giving him a, a, real, a real dress down there and saying that, you know, if we can trust one another... Let's have some confidential conversations about things. But if we can't trust in one another, then maybe the two of us won't be working too much in the future. So I think it really is somewhat of a threat there. Realistically, between world leaders, there's supposed to be a a level of respect, period. You know, you're not really supposed to dress down the Canadian prime minister. I don't care who you are Uh, in that that sense. I mean, and she's obviously in a powerful position. He's given himself Mm -hmm. a new, you know, a third mandate. He's uh, unchallenged and so forth. It's just hard to imagine what he thought he was trying to achieve there other than to dress down the Canadian prime minister in a public forum. 
Well, you know, I think that we expect ever since the foundation of the United Nations, actually, that the countries will come together and their leaders will meet with one another in a spirit of equality and address one another as equals. And it, it doesn't matter if you're from the United States or from a tiny island state like Nauru, the world leaders should be addressing one another as equals. And that's something that didn't happen here. That She obviously was addressing Trudeau as if he were a junior um, that simply doesn't have the same attributes that he has as a world leader. And I, I think that is inappropriate. The prime minister then, as you put it, put said his spiel, which is essentially, you know, we're going to have these uncomfortable conversations. What did you make of Xi's reaction to the comeback? Well, I, I don't know if she actually understood what was being said. I don't know how good his English is. I think his English is better than we think it is. But okay, well, <laughs> I think he, so. obviously, he didn't look too impressed and he didn't look very happy. He basically just turned away from this. And and then Trudeau walked off and looked very disconcerted. You can see it in his body language. that It looks almost as if he had difficulty walking away. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's an uncomfortable situation for any world leader to be dressed down by China. Um, but the, the reason we're talking about this the way because it is just an encounter, right? Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, it's an important encounter because there's a lot on the line these days between China and Canada. Relationships, are, the relation yeah. is strained, and mm-hmm. I think we saw it get more strained today. Yeah, I think you're right that it is a just one encounter among many, but it is a strained one, and it really should make us a bit uncomfortable about what's coming ahead. But it also reveals, I think, quite a bit about Xi Jinping and how he sees his place in the world. And there's been quite a bit said about, you know, China having this concept of tianxia, of under, under, everything under heaven, of somehow seeing themselves having a special place and a leadership role in the world. So it, it seems as if this is a way in which they are, in which Xi is expressing that or embodying that. But it does ignore a lot of history, too. I mean, Canada was quite um, quite supportive of the People's Republic way back when. I know this goes back, but she would know that, too. He would oh, know he that dress, dressing down a Canadian prime minister in public um, is, is, is in some ways disrespecting the history of our relations. And in particular, it's disrespectful of the relationship that Pierre Trudeau had with China. You know, she knows that Trudeau's father is the one who established relations between Canada and the People's Republic of China. He also knows that Canada establishing that relationship is what opened the door for China coming into the United Nations and getting under the Security Council and and signing diplomatic protocols with other countries. He knows all of that history. What now, Scott? Because again, there's a lot of things that Canada wants to bring up with China. We're trying to change um, to some extent with our new Indo-Pacific strategy that we're going to see the details of sooner than later. We're trying to diversify our relationship in Asia away from China a bit. You'd think this would be a time that China would try to look to put on a bit of a charm offensive, but clearly not. Yeah, obviously they've not done that. Um, they haven't done the kind of wolf diplomacy that we were starting to get used to. But I, I think that you know, moving forward, that this really underscores the importance of our Indo-Pacific strategy. And I think that it proves many of the points that our leaders have been talking about, you know, like Melanie Jolie at the Monk Institute recently, and and the risks about China. And so it really is proof there um, that China is a risk to Canada and that we should not expect things to go as smoothly as, as we've been hoping they would ever since 1970.
Yeah. I mean, the Australians did something similar a few years back. They, you know, there was quite a bit of um, pushback against Beijing and some of what they've been up to in Australia. And uh, the Australians were similar, summarily shut out for a while as well, much as we are mm-hmm. at this point. This seems to be China's tactic is to is to sort of embarrass people publicly when they're not happy with our foreign policy. Right. And I, I think that we should bring up here that, you know, that Australia got in trouble because they asked for some clarity about the origins of COVID-19. And in this case, Trudeau was bringing up the fact that there was Chinese interference in a Canadian election. And this is very serious. I think that Canadians have a right to know what was going on. You know, she should not have been so surprised that this was discussed in the media. Scott Simon, thank you for your Mandarin uh, translation as well and your insight on this. Much appreciated. Thank you. 911. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh my God, something's sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hurry, hurry. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night, Thursday, March 14th on Stack TV.